When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hey, all the OGs and new listeners alike. <sighs> I am Randy, and this is a bonus indie episode I know we said we were dropping, we would be dropping memory lane episodes leading up to season four, but I needed to record and post this episode. Now, for those who don't know and need a reminder or need a reminder, indie episodes are individual episodes Mike and I record. It's a way for us to show and honor who we are as individuals and not just who we are as spouses. And today I'm taking my turn to reveal myself. In 2010, thought I was doing something. And now I'm rapping with a crew or something. I guess the track don't really stick unless he's gluing something. And I never fit the shoe until I do or something. Yo, bracing myself like teeth, boy, it's the same old route on some new concrete. But homie, these tunes make you get a new ID. I'm trying to do my thing, but the commute ain't cheap. I'm on a two-day week for all this rap these days. And we can still pitch the track to all the wacky DJs. We're singing happy days, wearing tacky J's. And I'm just pumped that I made it out my nappy face. Let's go. We can turn the whole world around. I'm in the backseat, really trying to hold it down. And if you so what it happened was, um, I'm not okay, y'all. Today is December 7th, and by this point, Noble, our son, has been gone for about for four months and 12 days, if I count it right. And I started off doing fine today. I really did. I posted on social media. I cleaned the kitchen. I reached out to some friends, and that's when it all spiraled. One friend um, in particular has been especially loving and supportive since we lost Noble and I checked in on her and my anxiety was through the roof. Honestly, I expected her to respond in this curt way, which she never has, but again, anxiety. And she was really happy to hear from me and it was great. And I told her, you know, I've been so anxious about my connections with people. And for me just saying that, she peeped that I had been trying to alter my feelings and my grief to be more accommodating and to appear a certain way. She um she said, and this is a direct quote, <laughs> she said, try to let that anxiety flow through you and wash away. You can't control how other people respond, but also you shouldn't alter your truth or your feelings. People who love you will always be there. Have peace knowing that who is meant to be in your life will be. And I realized I have not been moving that way, at least not consistently, um, since Noble died, I've been manipulating my feelings and essentially the people around me because I don't want to be loved. 
by anyone. And I have not trusted that the people who leave me because of my grief aren't actually for me anyway. And that includes our listeners. Um, I haven't wanted to be left because this loss has been so colossal that I'm just tired. And I really could go the rest of my life <laughs> not losing another thing um, because this loss has unraveled me and I really am completely undone. And I'm afraid to lose again um, because of how losing changes me. And it has caused me this fear of losing has caused me to hold on to everything, including things and people and imagined scenarios I need to let go. I um, I see how grief makes people uncomfortable and I see how our grief makes people uncomfortable and I see how people run away from the disturbing realizations that grief incites like infant and child loss can happen to anyone. Deep grief will happen to everyone and um, in my ploy to be accommodating and to look evolved and superhuman and to look like grief has not put me on my ass, I have been lying. Because the truth is, I am not okay. And what triggered this episode on top of the conversation with my friend earlier was posting online today. So December 6th, I got in our stories and I attempted to explain how challenging it was to re-engage with people. What I wanted to say was, I'm afraid. Y'all fell in love with a couple and a Randy who does not exist anymore and who is never coming back. And I don't know what to say anymore. Please don't leave. But what I said was something jumbled and inarticulate, in my opinion. So I attempted to make up for it today, which is December 7th. And I put a question in the stories like, send us your good news. And I mentioned how we went to a wedding and how lovely it was. But after I posted it, I felt really ill after that. Um, like I felt like sick to my stomach. And but what made it like topple over and come spilling out in like this deep like crying session <laughs> was uh, Mikey came to me and he was like, Ran, I think you're doing so great. You're doing so much better than me. You're trying to be engaged with people and it's helping me. And did you see what I posted in our stories? And I just, I just looked at him um, and I said, Mikey, I feel like shit. <laughs> and he was like, well, you know, what do you mean? I don't understand. And I told him, I feel like shit because I'm lying. Like, I haven't said what I really want to say. And I recognize that every time I apologize for the awkward grief moments or try to turn a sad moment into a happy one, I hear the inner child in me, my shadow and the mama in me screech. And collectively, all these people that make up who I am are all yelling. <laughs> Why are you lying? Why do you keep ignoring us? We are not OK. We are not OK. You are not OK. And I am not OK. I'm not OK. And I don't understand why my water broke weeks before it was supposed to and why no one can tell me anything. They poked and prodded me so much. I had so many pap smears, so many blood drawn, so many urine tests, so many post checks. No one can tell me anything. Technically, I'm I'm healthy, you know. <laughs> um, I don't know why the doctors only thought I would last three days without water in my sack. But I lasted 31 days and I don't know why 
I was able to make it that far and only needed to stay pregnant for six more days, um, but couldn't. I don't understand why God said no and why, you know, I couldn't get, you know, the miracle I prayed for exactly the way I wanted it. And I don't understand why all these people with all these babies <laughs> get to keep having babies. And why do these kids get to keep having living siblings while mine doesn't? And why do two people who keep showing up in their marriage doing this hard ass work keep losing babies? And um, I find myself asking, where is my baby? Where is my baby? <sighs> it's unfair. And I am, um, I am so angry and filled with so much shame about the shit I used to care about before losing Noble. We did a whole episode <laughs> on being like unfollowed. And I just really can't believe how fucking stupid. Like I feel so stupid and small and insignificant and I'm and scared. And um, I've really been scared. <sighs> I've really been scared shitless since July. And I, you know, and I also understand like who wouldn't be scared? When time of death is called on the baby, like that's some scary shit. Yeah, you're scared. And I keep trying to remind myself of that. Um because I am scared. And it was really sobering that all that work and all that love and all that baby is just gone. It's just gone. Um, ashes. Um, we have him home, but he's in a you know, he's in an urn. And um but yet, and um, he is still teaching me and revealing myself to me um, like all the babies do if you let them. And um, Noble is teaching me that I have to get real. He is teaching me that perfectionism did not and is not saving me. This image I insist on maintaining is killing me. And on the days where I'm really not okay, um, that's going to have to be okay. And um I've been in deep denial, y'all. <laughs> I've been running from the truth. <sighs> and I really may run again. But today, I told myself that I would tell the truth and that I would not take it back. I will tell the truth and I will not take it back. Because I always take it back. When things get too hot and too hard, I take it back. But um, I can't anymore. Um... Even though just as grief has revealed me to me, it has also revealed people to me. For one, I can tell we're all grieving. Everybody's grieving. Everybody's lost something. And we're all grieving. And yet no one really wants people to do it or to confess to it, which is just <laughs> really sad. And um, I also heard about so many comments under Chrissy Teigen's post as she talks about Jack. And she lost Jack at 20 weeks and how mean people were and are um, people wondering why she's taking pictures and why she's always talking about it. And it's like, until you've lost a baby, you do not understand how important those pictures are. We have the same pictures, you know, we just haven't posted them. Um, and that's mainly for my own anxiety. We've shared pictures of him with our family and our closest friends and our patrons when they signed on for our call on Monday that we had, um, weeks ago because um it just feels too precious to just have him out there um but that's us you know and I completely understand why why 
bereaved parents share what they share or don't share what they share. And just as people have said awful things to her and other people going through loss, we've had some awful things said to us in our grief and um, and about our grief. And it hurts almost as much as the loss. And um, who wants to keep hurting, right? Nobody wants to keep hurting. So I have taken to hiding and I only pop up when I can put on a brave face, but that's not even working anymore um, because this stuff finds you. It would just find you in the middle of the store, in the middle of a conversation. It's just, it's always there. And I'm realizing, and I keep, I keep realizing that I have to um, acknowledge it and admit it and accept it. And I'm, I'm really struggling with accepting that this is where I am right now. And yes, I'm in therapy. And yes, I have a community. And it is actually my community and my therapist who has encouraged me to show up as myself. And I see so often people think that um, one of the things I constantly hear and see in the comments and people just be subtweeting or, you know, posting. Um, Y'all need to just stop treating social media like your diary. Go get a therapist. And Believe it or not, most of the people y'all see on here being honest about what's real, like what's really going on in real humans' lives, they are in therapy. <laughs> they are in therapy. They aren't lacking friends or a diary or a journal. They are in therapy and um, are doing the deep work to show up for real. And if it makes you uncomfortable, if their grief, my grief, our grief makes you uncomfortable, welcome to the club. <laughs> Because I'm uncomfortable too. Um, I am deeply, deeply often, deeply disturbed by how human I am. But I hear this is where the healing is. And uh, people who love me keep telling me I have to accept this grief and myself as I am right now so I can function. The only problem is the grief really doesn't stop. And I really want it to stop because it hurts. It hurts. I wish I had another testimony. I wish that um, the pregnancy was hard for a reason. I wish that at the end of all of that, all the fear and the sitting in bed and the blood and um, the waiting and the sacrifice and the pain resulted in a living baby who was still alive. I wish I didn't lose Noble. And so... um. <sighs> Self-pity and shame tells me that I've ruined my family and our podcast. My ego tells me I'll never perform or be okay ever again. But, <laughs> and this is what has given me the courage to do this episode. Um, I wonder what if that's not true? What if all my fears aren't true and I just have to confess them? for me to see that I am not over. When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. 
At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Finally, I'll leave you with this. Grief comes to one and all. No one is exempt. We must remember our dead. We must do better for the bereaved. We must embody compassion. To be redeemed, we must remember. Remembering is our duty and the only thing that will save us. This is by Dr. Joanne Cassiatori, who has written some really wonderful books about grief. Um, After experiencing her own loss, um, her daughter was born, stillborn at 38 weeks. And um, she's been featured on Oprah's and um, Harry's documentary style, um, like show, like miniseries. I haven't seen it. I've just read about it. Uh, The Me You Can't See. And I found her books to be very timely. And it's like, it really is like sitting with a friend who gets it. And uh, I recommend it. And to close, um, this episode is for me and my inner child and anyone else out there grieving and lying about it. <laughs> I pray you feel encouraged and empowered and less lonely by this indie episode. You are not alone. And I am deeply, deeply sorry for your loss. We can always be love and light and faith and understanding what we have experienced are tragedies and they deserve their time. And I say this to myself first. <laughs> this episode of the Black Millennial Marriage Podcast was produced and edited by Randy Chapman at Wordy Productions. If this bonus episode touched you, email us at blackmailmare at gmail.com or leave a voice message at 770-750-4098. Be sure to check out our website, www.blackmillennialmarriage.com and follow us on all social media platforms. On Instagram, we are Black Millennial Marriage. On Facebook, we are Black Millennial Marriage Podcast. As always, y'all, thank you for listening and be blessed and don't settle and fight clean and be honest about your grief. Peace. About time that I get back I'ma get back, we can hold it down Oh God, I'ma get back, yo, I'ma get back And we can hold it down It's Peter, fourth year in the promised land Watch it, I promise, man If you ain't looking close, we gon' look like an industry plan At Parker, our purpose is simple We want to make the world a better place By working more efficiently By using more sustainable practices By developing better technologies We keep moving forward With each new idea innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.